Sorry you got me tonight. Pastors in Florida. Envy's a sin, you better remember that. Um, before we get into this too much, so, um, you know, I was thinking about this. This is like a tight squeeze here. I don't know how he does that. But here's the thing. So, I want to learn to be a better preacher, right? Just as much as I want to learn to be a better Christian, right? And I hope you can relate to that. So here's the thing, though. As I've put some outlines together and taking classes and, and, and learning uh, through those, um, I got to a point with the prep and delivery classes that they start teaching you to go through a book, right? And it makes sense um, because the thing is, and I've never done this to an individual, but when you're putting together outline, and I'm only speaking for me, I should state that, I'm only speaking for me. When you're putting together outlines and it's more topical, right? There's like a part, like your sinful self is like, ah, this is gonna get them, right? And I'm not talking about an individual, but just sinners, right? Because we're all sinners and so it's easy to headhunt. And so I don't want to do that. What I want to do is exactly what I'm learning to do, which is exactly what our preacher does. And, uh, and I admire that. I think that's exactly what we should do. I think if you open a book and you go through it, it keeps you honest uh, in the sense that you're just where you're at and you just preach what it's got for you. And in that way, uh, I can feel good about it when I'm preparing. You could feel good about it that I'm not headhunting anybody. And so... Uh, we're going to go, I'm going to open up Joshua, and when I'm preaching to you, we're just going to go through Joshua until we're done with Joshua. I figure if we do that, then I'll probably be in Joshua for the next six or seven years with, you know, (laughs) and so, but seriously, I love Joshua, right? Now, I didn't just come up with this. Every, sure, I could, I could, I could pray more. I could, I could pray better, but I, I try to be in prayer a lot. And especially as I'm putting together these outlines and whatnot. And the thing is, like, I love Joshua. Joshua might be, I don't want to say he's my favorite Bible character, because obviously there's the Lord, right? But he's up there. He's, he's at least a top three guy for me, and I'm not 100% sure who I'd put next to him. When you look at Joshua, there's really not a lot you could, like, peg him for. To be wrong, you know what I mean? Like point your finger and say, ah, you messed up there. The only mess up that I can see in Joshua is that he let those dudes in that he shouldn't have let in. You know what I'm talking about? We're going to get there eventually. But, (sighs) okay, we're talking about the Bible, so we're going to say that that's wrong. But haven't you ever done that? Haven't you ever witnessed or led somebody to Christ that you were like, "Eh," the whole time? And I'm not saying that you're being judgmental because, like, you want people to learn. You you hope that the Lord will fix them. You know what I mean? But sometimes some people are sketchy, but you still care about them. And sometimes they get saved, and sometimes they never do anything with it. And you feel like it all went to waste, right? And you, you, you know it didn't. You know, like, I've done that, and I've had the Lord confirm it to me. Like, I'm telling you. I've got on my knees with somebody and led them to Christ and stood up and the Lord like gave me a, a personal confirmation that it's like, praise the Lord. Like, but then had that person never really draw an interest to the book, to church, to doing right. To, to, I mean, I, I don't think they changed anything. You know what I mean? 
So, I mean, sure, we could blame Joshua and say, oh, you shouldn't let those dudes in. But guess what? I'm guilty myself, and I'll probably be guilty again because ultimately we're all sinners, and whether or not I'm less of a mess, maybe I'm more of a mess, I don't know. Whether, whether, whatever range of mess I am compared to somebody else, right, I'm still going to try. So, anyway, so we're going to get into Joshua here. Um, before I say much more, why don't we go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, dear Lord, I, I thank you for the opportunity to stand here tonight, and, um, and I thank you for the opportunity our preacher has to, uh, to go uh, to, to get ministered to himself, Lord. Uh, uh, we love him here, and, uh, and we appreciate his service, and uh, we appreciate him so much, Lord, that, um, that we're happy to have him go and have that opportunity himself to, uh, to, um, to be with uh, uh, some preachers that are going to minister to him. And uh, we pray that you would, that you bless that service down there. And I uh, pray that you get those folks back again safely. And uh, I pray for us here tonight, Lord. I, I pray that your name be lifted up. I, uh, I'm just a man, Lord. Uh, I'm, ju- I'm just a sinner. And, um, and so it's, it's a lot to, uh, to speak your word, to teach your word, Lord. But I pray that uh, because of you that your people would be blessed, Lord. I, I pray that we would be seeking you tonight. I, I pray that you'd teach us tonight. I pray that you work on us tonight. And I pray that you'd strengthen me personally to... Uh, to minister to your people, Lord, to uh, to uh, say something useful, Lord, that um, that you uh, that you would be praised when this is all said and done. And I just uh, I thank you so much for it, Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen. So we're gonna start in Joshua, um, just chapter one, verse one here. So, and we're just gonna go through a few verses here, really, not too much. Uh, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even unto the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your, your foot should tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses." From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even under the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and under the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give to them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. So here's the thing about Joshua, right? Today I want to look at, I want to talk about a man that God used, Right? Uh, Joshua is, is, is a major player, right, of, 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 these, of a character in your Bible, right? He's definitely a man that God used. There's no doubt about that. But here's the thing about Joshua. Joshua was a man that sought the Lord. He was a man that trusted the Lord. And therefore, he became a man that was used by the Lord, right? So what I'd like to do is to just go through these verses here and, uh, and we, we need to ask ourselves, right, in our, in our walk with Jesus Christ, uh, trying to fellowship with him, 
to, to, to seek him, to trust him, and be used of him, right? Because if you're used of God, then that means you're with God, right? Uh, I'd much rather be with God than anybody else, right? The God of all creation can take care of me better than anybody else, right? So we have Joshua here. And so I think it would be beneficial to look at Joshua and then ask ourselves, how are we matching up to this man, Joshua? Okay? So now Joshua sought the Lord, right? So we're going to just kind of look back at verse 1 real quick. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, right? Now, you look at that, and you're like, it doesn't say that much, right? It actually says a lot. You could probably write a whole outline just out of that verse, and I'll tell you why, right? We have a recognition to who the Lord is and to what Joshua is, right? Now, how do you say that? Well, the Lord's Lord, right? He doesn't need a designation. But Joshua has a designation, right? He's the son of Nun, okay? And so, like, when you think about that, who are we, right? We're just a man. I'm just a man. Who am I? I'm nobody. Why would God talk to me at all? Or Joshua, or you, or you, or you, or any of us, right? Because we're just a man, right? We are just the son of somebody. Do you know that through the Bible, like, when you're, when you're in the Old Testament, especially, like the son of the son of the son of the son of the son of, you know what you're looking at? You're looking at men. They're not God, right? You notice that God doesn't need a designation, right? The Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, right? He is a man. I'm pointing out, the Bible's saying to you, I'm pointing out to you that this is just a man. Now, here's the thing. It's, 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 it's crazy, right? Because who is none, right? This guy is completely insignificant, right? He's just, he's just Joshua's dad, right? He's, he's really nobody. But the thing is, his name is mentioned 29 times in your Bible. Yeah, crazy, right? All 29 times, it's because Joshua is the son of none. That's how significant this man is, right? What's his, his significance? His significance is pointing out to you that Joshua is just a man. He's just the son of none, okay? And so now here's the thing. Before we move on to my next point there, here's the thing you need to recognize, right? So when you go out in the world, right, and let's say you're at work, you're at school, you're doing things, you're accomplishing things, uh, you're feeling good about yourself, people are praising you, you know, all these different things. Like, are you considering God? Are you considering who God is? That maybe these are just the blessings of God? Are you being thankful? Are you, are you even thinking about the Lord in those moments? Or are you just taking it all on yourself? Because here's the thing. If you want the blessing of God, then you better remember who God is and what you are, right? Now, Brother Peacock was talking, and as Bible believers, we tend to beat ourselves up, and I, I'm guilty of it. I've had to be reminded it's okay to say thank you because people, like, tell me I'm doing a good job, and I'm like, oh, praise the Lord, uh... You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to sound all super spiritual about it, but, but I'm also not trying to forget who God is and who I am, right? So now here's the thing. Uh, Joshua sought the Lord. So I want you to jump back to Exodus chapter 24. Because, because when we open Joshua, right, the Lord's already speaking to him, Right?
So chapter 24, and it's verse 13. Uh, where are we at? Okay. And Moses rose up. I should wait for you guys. I'm sorry. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the Mount of God. Right? So Moses went up, the man of God, right? And Joshua went with him. And what they're talking about right there is when Moses goes to get the tables from God, right? So when we talk about Joshua seeking the Lord, he was seeking the Lord back then. Were they not seeking God, right? They were going up there to talk to him, I mean, to get the, to get the tables, right? And by the way, uh, I mean, trusting the year markers here in my book, that was like 40 years prior to, to the Lord talking to Joshua here in Joshua 1, right? This man had been faithful for quite some time. Now, when you think about that, right, there's, there's other men. There's, you have Paul and Timothy, right? You have Elijah and Elisha, right? So if you want to be a man that God used, then not only do you need to, to seek the Lord, but you're also going to have to stay faithful for a long time. Everybody I just said, I mean, they were in the game a long time before God used them, right? So now the thing is, so not only did he seek the Lord, but he trusted the Lord. You can go back to Joshua. So now, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even unto the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land the Hittites, and under the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. I will not fail thee, fail thee nor forsake thee. Okay, so now the Lord just kind of said a lot to him, right? And Joshua is... Trusting God, right? He has to. Um, because God hasn't done any of that yet. He's telling him what he's going to do, right? And he's telling somebody that's been seeking him, uh, somebody that's been faithful, this is what I'm going to do, right? But Joshua has to trust him. It makes me think of Abraham, and it's not the same, but it is kind of the same, right? He's telling him, this is what I'm going to do, and there's, there's some trust there. So what's he trusting? He's trust, trusting him with the promises that he had already made, right? He's, uh, there's an inheritance there, right? There's safety there, and there's, uh, and there's fellowship there. Um, you see the inheritance there in verse 4. He gives them the landmass from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even under the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and under the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. He's saying, hey, you see that? That's, I'm, I'm going to give you that, right? Good deal. Okay, and he's giving them safety, right? What did he tell them at uh, the beginning of verse 5? Uh, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. That's a pretty good promise, right? I mean, I hope for that. You know, it's a sketchy world out there. And he also promises fellowship. He says, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Now, everything that was just stated there, I want you to hold on. I want you to just file that for a second um, because we're going to come back to it. But I'm just saying that this man that, that, that God used sought the Lord 
and now he's trusting the Lord, right? The things that we, that we just looked at haven't happened yet, right? The Lord's just telling him, and he's got to wholeheartedly trust him. And now why is God trusting him, right? Well, we already said because, because he was seeking him and because, because he, was, uh, he, was, um, he was faithful, right? So here's the thing. But Joshua also had to trust him, right, uh, to make good on these things. So, and here's the thing also is that the Lord was trusting him to do good with what, what he was being given, right? In verse 6, was it verse 6? Unto all this people shalt thou divide. Okay, so Joshua, Joshua, this man of God, this man that God used, Joshua is being trusted, like the Lord's saying, like, how, how would we even describe it? There's a neighborhood across the street, right? So let's say the Lord shows up to me and he's like, Jesse, uh, I want you to go over there and we're going to clean that neighborhood and, I, and thou shalt divide that to the church, right? He's trusting me not to be a jerk and, and claim all these houses and I sleep in a new house every day. No, he's trusting me. And I'm going to be like, that's your house and that's your house. and that, Okay, you guys are married. That's your house and that's your house and that's your house. You know what I'm saying? There, there, there's a trust there, right? Because you go through your Bible and there's a bunch of wicked men in there, right? So obviously there's a level of trust here that he's, uh, that he's going to follow these orders. Now also, not only is he going to follow the orders, but he's going to put, he's going to, because here's the thing, right? It's scary, it's scary to even stand up here, right? So the Lord tells you something and you're like, okay, you know, Jesse, you're called to preach. I need you to go preach these messages, okay? I don't ask to do it, right? I'm not up here because I asked to do it. I'm just trying to be willing to do what I'm supposed to do. But there's, there's, there's fear there. And so here's the thing. So Joshua was bound to have fear. I know the Lord that told him, he said, look, you know, nobody's going to stand, you know, whatever, you'll, you'll wipe them out. They're not going to be able to wipe you out, right? Because I will not forsake thee. I'm not going to fail thee, you know, whatever. So you're good. But that doesn't take away the, the human side of things, right? Like, because we're still humans. And so... I mean, yeah, I would love it if the Lord met with me and was like, Jesse, this is what you're going to do today, and it's all going to be fine. I'll give you the play-by-play, right? But that's not how our life goes, okay? And so even though that was the case here to a degree, Joshua still had to, to face his own self, and he had to face giants along the way, right? So, because there was giants in this land that we're talking about. Go back to numbers real quick so we can look at that. Numbers 13. And I'm trying to say all this a certain way because Joshua was a man. He was the son of Nun. You know what I forgot to mention with that? The son of Nun is mentioned 29 times. I don't think that there's another man that's like the son of that's mentioned that many times. I think that that's mentioned for a specific reason. This is just my thoughts. None. What is none, right? Nothing. Zip, zero, zilch. Nothing. Nothing, right? No significance there. Anyway, sorry. Um, all right, so back in Numbers 13, and we're going to start in 27. We're just going to kind of go through uh, the scenario, right? Because the whole thing was is that 
there was a push to do this before, but that push didn't work out. But Joshua was there for it. So verse 27 says, And they told him and said, We came into this land, whither thou sentest, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Right? Because Caleb's trusting in the Lord, right? But the men that went up with them said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we, right? And they're stronger than, than the Lord, right? So, Because I just got done telling you that a man still has to face his own fears even when he's doing what the Lord told him to do. These people weren't willing to do that. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched under the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search, sorry, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw giants and the sons of Anak, which come of the, giant, uh, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So you say, okay, but that's Caleb talking, right? Well, all right, so in 13 still, verse 8, it says, Of the tribe of Ephraim, O'Shea, the son of Nun. Okay, and then in verse 16, it clarifies. These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called O'Shea, the son of Nun, that's twice right there, right? Jehoshua. Okay, but it's not spelled the same, right? Is that your excuse? So in chapter 14, right, next page, Chapter, verse 6, And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were, with, were, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. So this is a man that's willing to face his fear, right? It is scary. There's giants over there. We're like grasshoppers. But hey, the Lord told you that you're going to go take that land, right? That nobody's going to stand before you, that he's not going to fail you or forsake you. So Joshua, you know, he's like, let's go get it, boys, because what more do you want? Now, I thought that there was something interesting here. In Exodus chapter 17, it's not too far away for you, 17 verse 9, it says, As Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, out men and go out, fight with Amalek tomorrow. I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and fought with Amalek, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Uh, so here's Joshua already facing those giants, okay? So not only has the Lord assured him that it's going to be okay, because, hey, I already told you it's good. You guys are going to take that neighborhood because, well, I told you it's good, right? And so the people that they're battling against, that they were all worried about, they had already battled against. 
And the one thing that I wanted to mention with that story that I was kind of thinking about, when they were battling those, so you remember Joshua's the one that's like fighting the battle, and Moses up on the hill with Aaron and her. Have you noticed that when Moses' hands were lifted up, they were winning the battle, right? And when they were down, they were losing, right? So to me, it's like when the preacher is reaching toward God, right, then the men are winning. They're beating those giants. It's kind of just, I don't know, maybe your brain doesn't work like mine, but it's just like, wow. And then so he, he, he started to fall weak, so some men came to support him, right? And so now, now not just Moses is reaching to God, but Aaron and her are helping him out. And as a result, the people were able to beat their enemy, right, the giants, right? And if you study that out a little bit deeper, you'll find that Amalek, right, uh, that they're, they're a type of the flesh, right? So as the preacher is reaching towards God, as the men are supporting it, as they're tuned into the Lord and reaching towards God, right, they're able to beat these giants, right? I think that might apply to us too, right? Because when we're reaching towards God, then we're focused on God, we're considering God, we're praising God, we're remembering who God is instead of, instead of just considering who we think we are, right? When we're reaching towards God, we're able to defeat those giants. Now, here's the thing. The lost people around us are afraid of those giants. I'm convinced. I really am. I don't know that it's the world that keeps people out of church. I think it keeps them distracted. I think the devil tries to keep them distracted. Maybe things pop up and they're not able to make it or, or, or it seems like a good reason, you know, like I can't do it. But I think it's them. I think it's those giants. Because we all have giants, right? Our, our biggest problems is, is, is our own flesh. And our flesh is represented by those giants, right? So as, we're, as we get saved and and we come to church, and we, we learn, and like I stated earlier, you want to do better and better and better and better, well, you have to face those giants, right? And so the way to face those giants is to reach toward God, but lost people don't know that, right? I don't think, I don't think it's anything beyond that. I think it's them. I think it's them they're afraid of. And so, like, we have to find a way to bridge that gap to be like, no, 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 no look, like, I'm a sinner too, man. Don't put too much pressure on yourself, right? We all have those giants. Now, last point. This was a man that God used, right? He saw it and he trusted the Lord, right? And so therefore, he was used of God. How could you expect to be used of God if you're not seeking the Lord, right? And trusting the Lord, right? Okay, so where were we in? Verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Okay? Here's the thing. Did you notice how he said observe and do according to all the law? You know what that made me think about? Uh, this man was clearly already observing and doing according to all the law. And it's like, well, wait a second. How do you know that? Because he told them to do it, right? But here's the thing. Do you know how almost every time pastor goes out of town, what does he say? He says, be faithful to church, right? He tells us, the people that are here, 
be faithful to church, right? He doesn't start texting the people that don't come to church and tell them to be faithful to church, right? The Lord isn't telling Joshua because he hasn't been faithful, right? He's telling him because he has. Like, hey, buddy, you're doing good. Just make sure you keep showing up on Wednesday nights and Sunday morning. You know what I mean? It's the same thing, okay? And so here's the thing. Not only was he faithful to do these things, right? But he was also willing to help lead others, okay? So this is the leader in him, right? And this is also the preacher in him because you're going to see later that when the Lord talks to him, like uh, uh, when we get to Jericho, I mean, that battle plan is like, right? But it's God's battle plan, so it's okay, right? And so God gives it to him, and what does he do? He goes and tells the people. What am I doing right now? I'm telling you what the Lord showed me out of Joshua 1, 1 through 1, 7, right? It's the same thing. And it comes down to a willingness, right? Are you willing to try to lead others, right? Those people that we said that could be a mess or they're not a mess, no matter what, they're facing giants, no matter how cleaned up you think that they might be, right? Are you willing to try, Right? So here's the thing. You got to recognize who God is, okay? So like one man, uh, uh, how's that go? One man plants, one man waters. God gives the increase, right? So are, are you willing to be the one that, 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 that plants the seed or waters, right? Allow God to give the increase, right? The Lord is the Lord. Me, I'm the son of Doug. Nothing, right? Okay. I love my dad. I don't mean it like that. Okay, but here's the thing also, right? Especially when it comes to lost people, you're trying to convince them, right? Because they're blinded, they don't, they don't know, you know, I didn't know, I didn't really know squat, and I'm just starting to, I think, you know. Um, we're trying to lead them to the promised land too, right? I told you to hold on to those thoughts. Didn't the Lord promise us those things? Didn't he promise us in my house, in my father's house, or many mansions, there's an inheritance for us, right? Didn't he promise us safety where we're, he's our refuge, right? When things get bad. Uh, d- doesn't he fellowship with us? Don't we have all those same promises? Right? Okay. And those lost people could too, right? So now here's the thing. Uh, uh, to, to have a good testimony, right? So if you want to be heard, especially if you're trying to lead somebody to Jesus Christ, you need to have a good testimony, right? And Joshua clearly did, right? The Lord's not dealing with him because he wasn't uh, trying to, or to, you know, to be trusted to help others. Clearly he was trying to help versus trying to discourage, right? His testimony mattered, right? And so now the last thing that I want to consider when we try to compare the two, you know, it made me think, like, try to help others, try to help others, right? Especially when you're dealing with lost people, right? So lost people have this idea, I think, some of them, or maybe it's just their excuse, you know, they, 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 they want this concrete proof, right? They want this concrete evidence, right? And, you know, where's, where's Noah's Ark, or or the Ark of the Covenant, or, or whatever. I, I need that proof, right? Where's the cross, you know? Where's those nails, you know, all this stuff. Give me that proof. Well, there's proof right here, actually, and we're going to go through it. The more we go through Joshua, we're going to have your hard evidence. 
if there's somebody that's lost here or lost tuning in and they're trying to uh, hang whether or not they're going to decide to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, if that hinge is, is their piece of hard evidence that they just need, right? They just got to have it, right? Even though uh, faith doesn't come by sight like that in today's age. But here's the thing. How about Israel? Where did Israel come from? I mean, it's all over the news. Everybody knows Israel, right? Israel's a country. Israel still exists, right? Isn't that hard evidence? If you're a lost person, or you're a lost person tuning in, I encourage you to figure out where Israel came from. You want Noah's Ark? Okay, fine. You're not going to get it. But you can look up where Israel came from. You're going to find that Israel came from this man right here that God used his name was Joshua. Now, tonight we looked at a man that God used, right? He sought the Lord. He trusted the Lord. He was faithful to the Lord, right? And God used him, right? Now, he did those things for a long time, and that's good. We all should. But that Lord is Jesus Christ, and that Lord is willing to fellowship with you just like he did Joshua. Right? And so I asked you in the beginning, right, to, 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 as we go through this, consider yourselves, right? Is that, what you're, is that where you're at? Are, are you seeking the Lord? Are you remembering who God is, or are you just thinking about who you are? Because you're just the son of insignificant. I'm sorry. And so... What you want, like, what's the goal, right? You want the Lord to feel the same about you that he did about Joshua. And he's willing to. But you're going to have to be honest with yourself, okay? So let's just close on this, on this thought right here, right? Uh, Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever, right? So that proves everything I just said to you, Okay? Ask yourself, will you be? That's a choice. That's it. Let's close on a word of prayer.